Yo, it's the goodest bad boy, Idafa here, ready to recap you with these dulcet tones. After all the silliness of the last few weeks, we're finally back to normal working at the parchment company. You know, the place we work, because gods forbid our side hustle isn't enough for us. However, Flynn's new dragon bebe Welby was causing mischief, so we decided to go see a Professor Peridot, because the admin asked us to. And she's hot, so I'll do what she says. But to get to this dude, we gotta go through a place called Titan Slumber. And that would be fine, except the amulets went a bit haywire, showing us spooky visions, like they're scared of the place. But we're on our way, and as is tradition in our party, we stopped to help these guys defeat a beast who's been robbing peeps until they decided they want to kill us. Which wouldn't be an issue, but my stupid amulet stopped working. Everybody and welcome to the terrible adventures of the Janison Bruford's Parchment Company. We're in the Domain of the Ordinary Arc, Part 2. My name is Penny D, I'll be your DM, and the last exciting purchase that I made in my life was, believe it or not, I just bought myself a new mattress. Oh, oh yeah! Recently just bought myself a cast iron like bed frame, and then I was like, crap, now my mattress sucks. So I just bought myself a new mattress and like a mattress topper, and this week, because I only got it this week, has been just like blissful, amazing sleep. The most boring purchase to talk about, but I couldn't wait to brag about it <laughs> to someone. That's what being an adult is. Yeah. yeah. Yep. The best part was it came like all vacuum sealed in plastic. And when you like undo the plastic, it like starts to self inflate. It was so fun. Oh, one of those ones. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, first off, hi, I'm Poppy. I play Ida for the Teepling Rogue. Am I allowed to talk about an upcoming purchase that I'm really excited for? Go for your life, bud. Okay, sweet. So I'm going to get an iPad Pro. Yeah. I love myself a bit of drawing. But I always do it at my computer. But I want to be able to go anywhere in the house or go outside and draw on my iPad. And it's going to be wonderful. And I'm very excited. Oh, that's so exciting. <laughs> Hello. I am Nate and I play your most salesworthy halfling bard, Flynnvar. My exciting purchase that just happened is there's two actually. I'm greedy like that. <laughs> we have a lot of shoes under our coat rack and by the front door. And I hate it. So now we've just got one of those IKEA kind of white kind of tuck away things you pull it out so you can't see all so the good oh, so tidy oh, i'm so excited for that and also a as a proud uncle <laughs> we just brought our first like safety booster seat for our nieces so Aww. it's like oh, oh, that's so that's sweet you know you're at a room where you can afford to buy a car seat for someone else's kids <laughs> <laughs> hi my name is stephanie and i play your best friend frankie the human artificer Probably my most exciting purchase I've done recently was I bought two more smart light bulbs so I could connect it to my Alexa so I could like lie in bed and be like, Alexa, turn off all my lights. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I'm slowly developing a collection of smart things so I don't have to turn off things. <laughs> Not to make your story about me, but like now that I have the new mattress, getting out of bed to turn off the light is the worst. It is, yes. So I really, I really feel you on that. I might follow up on that shortly. I recommend it because she could control my TV, she could turn on and off my computer, she could turn on my lights and my heater and, like, everything, so I don't have to, like, move. Oh, she's amazing. Good for her. Hi, my name's Liz, and I play Karen, the manager, with a secret. The secret is she knows how to do magic. It's not that much of a secret. Doesn't really know how to do magic, though. Yeah. She knows how to eat grass. She knows how to punch really good. <laughs> my exciting purchase that I've made recently, I actually bought it yesterday. My exciting purchase is a new jacket that I got from the op oh. shop for fifteen dollars. Yes. And it's denim and it's oversized <gasps> and it is it it's kind of it's quilted so the inside is nice and warm and it's really cute. I bet you look adorable in it. I look great in it. It's really cute. You look great in everything, honey. Oh thank you. Yeah, your fashion's fantastic. Oh, thank you. 
All right. Well, this isn't a, you know, sensible, reasonable purchases podcast. This is a D&D <laughs> podcast. We just had some unfortunate setbacks happen. So why don't we see if we can get that all sorted out, eh? So you guys are in a, you know, a cave filled with, you know, boxes of valuables and stolen goods. You came up here with some, you know, fellow adventurers who asked for your help, who, once they got you in here, decided to turn on you and, in fact, rob you guys and steal your crap. They're all pointing weapons at you, and uh, Idafa decided to, uh, you know, be the hero and get ready to fight, but his dagger's not coming out. What do you do? Blush real hard. <laughs> <laughs> just wondering, can I do a little, I don't know, perception check just to see if there's any weapons amongst all this, like, horde? Roll me a perception check. That is terrible. That is a ten. You don't see anything. Can Flynn just quickly try and communicate with Welby to see if I can still telepathically talk to him? Yeah, sure. What's going on? Are you okay? He sends you a little emoji with the Zs on it because he's, he's sleeping. Oh, Karen turns to everybody else and says really sarcastically, Oh no, bandits! Whoever could have thought it would be bandits instead of a beast! <laughs> Karen's going to step towards the bandits and kind of limber up and say, Find something to fight with, boys, I'll hold them back. <laughs> At the back of the group, you can see Sneeze, who's the like shifty half elf, rummaging around in some bags. And he looks over and he's like, Hey, uh, Eisen, my Electrum's not here. I can't find it. And Eisen turns around and he's like, It's fine, just use the wand we stole. And so, like, he pulls a little wand out of his sleeve and it's blue, and it kind of looks like a, a bolt of lightning. I'm stealing it. What? He's at the back, pointing it at you guys. So it is crunch time. Either you guys are rolling initiative, or you can turn and you can run further into the cave if you want to. I'm rolling initiative. Oh, roll for initiative. I'm ready to murder. I mean, defend myself. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be fine, I'll look after you. Okay, I got a 13. Frankie also got a 13. Frankie. So Frankie and Idafa both got 13. Who wants to go first? Uh, you can go if you want, Frankie. Oh, okay. So Eisen got a net 20. Did anybody else get a 20? Yes, me. 24. Okay, 24 total. Let me just see what Eisen's stats are. So he got 23. So you're first, Flynn. Ooh, the pressure. And I'll just let you guys know, Idafa has not communicated to you. By the way, I can't get my weapon out, so... Oh, they didn't notice it? Well, they noticed it, but you didn't You didn't tell them what happened. You didn't be like, hey, I'm having trouble. You just... Oh, okay. So they just have to work on what their perception of that moment was. Uh, and then I got a 6, an 8, and a 3. So I'll probably be last. Anyone get a uh, 15 to 20? No, but Karen got a 14. Cool. Okay, we're ready to go. Flynn, top of the round, you're up. He's going to look around a little bit panicked, and then he's going to be like... Thankfully, I rummaged through that man, and I'm going to turn and throw some weapons down at the boy's feet. Which weapon are you keeping for yourself? I'm going to keep a dagger, and I'm going to throw a dagger at Frankie's feet, and the bow and arrow to Ida's at his feet. Thank you. You're keeping one of the daggers and the scimitar for yourself? Yeah. So that's your action. Do you have any bonus actions that you want to use? So I'm going to leave well be in my hat but i'm just gonna like wake him up and get him ready and be like it's go time don't nap <laughs> and shake my head a little bit <laughs> and also to turn invisible he will use his action to turn invisible yeah cool next up is aizen he's gonna do a multi-attack so he's gonna run up to the closest person who is karen he's gonna make three melee attacks two with his scimitar and one with his dagger he has the crusher feet so he's got plus one to his strength yeah my ac is 13 so just assume that you're gonna hit unless you roll really bad. Okay, first one's 21 with the scimitar. Yep, oh. that hits. Second one is 15 with the scimitar. Mm-hmm. Third one is 11 with the dagger. Well, 11 doesn't hit. So it's gonna be 2d6 plus six slashing damage with the scimitar. 16 damage from Aizen as he comes up and slashes you with his sword. Oh, sorry. Sorry, take two more damage. For what? He's got the crusher feet, so he's got an extra plus one to his strength. Oh, right. Well, that's fair. 
I'm going to try and bonus action rage. Cool. So you do the normal thing. You like ask your amulet to lend you power and you like flex your muscles and nothing happens. She yells at the away team. Electrum's out! As she punches, as she punches Aizen square in the stomach. I assume you're using Ring of the Ram for this? Go ahead and roll me an attack roll. 13 plus 5. 18 to hit. 18 does hit, yeah. Yes! Okay, fantastic. That is 18 damage, and he gets pushed back 18 feet. Usually when you do this, people go like flying back and they're completely off their feet. He kind of keeps his feet planted on the ground and just like slides back on his feet all the way. He does like slam into the door to the room. (laughs) Uh, Frankie, you're up. Frankie heard Karen, but is still going to attempt to cast a spell because he hasn't seen anyone try and actually cast spells. Frankie is going to reach for an Electrum out of his pocket. Frankie is going to attempt to cast Acid Arrow. Okay, is what level of spell is this? That is a second level spell. Yeah, so you is there a verbal component to this? Yes, there is. You do all the things that you should do cast a spell, right? And you draw your hand back, you know, like you would normally do when you practice this. And like, again, it feels like something's like being blocked. Like imagine you're like pulling a tissue out of a tissue box, but there's something holding onto it on the bottom that you can't see. This has never happened to me before. (laughs) (laughs) Karen's bonus action did go off. So your action has been consumed, but you can use a bonus action if you would like. I want to chuck out Hans and be like, Hans, go! And just like literally throw him. <laughs> like a Pokemon. Yes. Like a Pokemon. Hans! Poison dart attack! Go! And Hans is going to turn around to expose his buttocks to shoot, attempt to shoot his little poison dart. Eisen. Get him. Roll me an attack roll with Hans' stats. No! <laughs> uh, that's a natural one. <laughs> oh! Uh, roll me a d20, like a fumble roll. Yep. That's a nine. Not great, but not disastrous. Until you have time to fix him, that dart is stuck. Oh dear. Hans is all defeated and upset. Oh. It's like, it's okay, Hans. You did your best. <laughs> what, Karen, are you next to any of them now that you pushed dude back or no? Not at the moment. In that case, I will use, I forget what it's called, but that thing where I don't move, but I gain advantage. Steady aim. That's the one. I'm going to use steady aim and focus on sneeze. Okay. And I will just use my short bow. Cool. Yeah, go ahead and roll me an attack roll. That is 19. 19 hits. So he gets hit by arrow. So you can go ahead and roll me a d6. Can I use Electrum to do sneak attack? No. Like your your channeling of Electrum is not working right now. Not working. Okay. (laughs) All right. So that is... Oh, that's nice. That's eight damage. He takes an arrow through the shoulder. Good. These other guys feel like they're used to fighting and Sneeze maybe doesn't deal with damage all that well. Suck it, Sneeze! That's my turn. Sneeze is actually up next. He like tries to pull the arrow out, but he's too much of a wuss to actually, you know, follow through with it. He's just going to walk around a little bit so that he can line Idafa and Flynn up. He's going to swing his wand and he's going to cast Lightning Bolt. A stroke of lightning forming a line of 100 feet long and 5 feet wide, so it hits both of you. Blasts out from the wand. You both have to make dexterity saving throws. Wait, so the wand worked? Yeah, how could the wand work? Because magic items still work. Oh, mother app. Basically, the wand works for the same reason that the Ring of the Ram still works. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, I got 14. That is a fail. I believe you have a rogue ability, so just check that. Flynn, what did you get? 19. That's a pass, so you take half damage. Oh, yeah, I can use a reaction to take half damage, so. Cool, okay, so you both take half damage. I'm rolling 8d6. Oh my god. So that's 27 damage from the lightning bolt. You can both halve that down to 13 lightning damage. Shoots the surprisingly powerful blast of lightning, and it zaps both of you. Thanks to the arrow in his shoulder, maybe not as bad as it could have been had he, like, shot it right through the middle of you. Next up is Jakru, the half-orc. He's going to run up to Frankie. He's going to do a great axe attack. He also has a big axe. Does 13 hit you? No, it doesn't. My armor cost is fucking 14. Woo-hoo. 
he runs up to you within melee range, tries to slash at you with his big axe, and you do manage to dodge the hit. Who's going to sit back and try and attack you with a light crossbow? This one is going to come at Idafer. Does a 12 hit you? No! <laughs> so you do manage to dodge out of the way of this crossbow. That's back up to the top of the round. Back to Flynn. Oh, cool. Flynn taking this all in. Oh, who's the closest person to me? The half-orc's probably closest to you because he just ran up to Frankie. Flynn's going to attack with Dex. 12? No, unfortunately, that is just one short, so his AC is 13. Ah, He's probably 10 feet away from you. As a bonus action, Welby will come out of my hat and I want him to fly towards Sneeze with the blue wand and I want him to bite his wrist and try and grasp the wand while he's invisible. A bite attack. You want him to try and steal the wand? Yeah. So roll me a, I would say a sleight of hand with Welby's stat block. He, he doesn't have proficiency with sleight of hand, so it's just a plus two for dexterity. Ten. I'm just going to roll my own dice to see basically if I can beat that just on a flat d20. Depends on whether or not you could steal the wand. That's a natural one. Oh. Welby does manage to steal the wand away from Sneeze. He's also right there and can't move anymore. Tiny invisible claw rests gently on Sneeze's hand and Sneeze goes, ah, and drops the wand and Welby just snatches it up. Also, once he's done that move to steal the wand, he's no longer invisible. That's also pretty scary. A dragon has just appeared right in front of you. (laughs) Next up is Aizen, who sees that. He's like, what the hell is that? He's going to run up and try and grab Welby because he's like, this is the most valuable thing I've ever seen. Um, So he's going to run up and he's going to try and grapple Welby. So he's got... I'm going to kill him. (laughs) Can you roll me an acrobatics check with Welby's stat block? I'm going to roll a grapple check. Ooh, no, 22. Let's see. His strength is plus four, and I rolled a 19 on dice. So he rolled a 23. Oh, no. So he does manage to jump up and, like, grab Welby in both hands. And he's like, this is the most valuable thing we've ever seen. Uh, how far away is Aizen from Karen? Ten feet. I'm going to roll to attack, and then I'm going to roll to attack again. Who are you attacking? Aizen! The one who's grabbing the baby. You don't just grab (laughs) babies. Stop grabbing babies. She says, not so fast, mister. And she closes the 10 foot gap very quickly and goes for two punches, one in the stomach. And then she wants to do an uppercut to the jaw. Okay. So the first roll is a 17 plus eight to hit. And the second one is a nine plus eight to hit. Both hit. Okay, fantastic. And that is 12 damage, please. Oh, actually, he's got... Okay, so his AC is 15, and he has an ability called parry where he can add 2 to his AC against a melee attack that he that would hit him. So he can actually increase his AC to 17 versus that second hit. So the first hit hits, second one doesn't. Okay, so she socks him one in the stomach for 6 damage. And then as her left hand comes up to punch him in the jaw, he manages to parry it away with his hands. So you did six damage to him? Six damage. My aim is to get him to drop Welby. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, it'll be Welby's turn where he'll have to break the grapple or where Flynn will have to command him to do something to break the grapple. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But here's the important part. I have Sentinel and now I'm right next to him. That's good call. Frankie, you're up. I wanted to use my action to disengage so that I could move out of like hitty punchy range to do a little bit of a like a thinky on why our amulets aren't working instead of fighting because Frankie would prefer to do that. So you can either roll me an arcana check or an insight check. And yeah, that's fine. The disengage and the move back is no problem. Frankie's going to be like, hold that thought, please, uh, before you hit me again and move back. And he's going to... I'm going to roll out Kana. 16 plus 8. Yeah, that's fine. You kind of remember what happened on your way here. You remember twice that your amulets tried to communicate fear to you when you determined where you wanted to go. This is probably some kind of like stubbornness or punishment's probably the wrong word, but they're not being cooperative because you didn't follow the prompts that they were trying to send you. Yeah, okay, okay. So Frankie will be like mumbling to his amulet while he's like doing equations and they're like the dirt on the ground and he's like, oh, come on, it's, it's fine. If you just, if you do it this way, that'll be fine. Like, so you just see him just like mumbling to him 
himself and he's writing the equations on the ground. Also, because you backed right up to the back of the room where the other entrance to the cave is, you can kind of hear an echoey noise that sounds a bit like a rumbling or a snoring of some kind. Oh. Coming from behind you further down the cave. Idafer. Am I within range of anyone? So if I moved back, I would get that hit me with an opportunity attack. No, but Jacques Roux, the half orc, is pretty close. So I like a moonwalk back a bit, and then I walk back forward. And I'm just like, attack me, bitch. <laughs> uh, sure, yeah, Jacques Roux is going to take the bait. He's going to use his reaction to take a swing at you with his great axe. 13 plus 4, 17 hit you. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be 11 damage on you. Oh, okay. That's, o- that's okay. I just kind of like grab my gut or whatever wherever he hits me. Alright, so in reaction to that, I will use Hellish Rebuke. Cool, how does that work? I point my finger at the creature that damaged me and they are surrounded by Hellish Flames. The creature must make a dexterity saving throw. It is a DC 13. Cool, he got uh, 3 plus 1, so he got 4. Perfect, I'm using it second level. (laughs) That is 6, 5, 11 plus 7, that is 18 fire damage. Yeah, so you do this, you like run up to him and bait him and he attacks you with his axe and then as soon as he hits you, you like look up and your eyes are like sparking with green energy and he just like erupts in green flame and when the flame like settles down, he's like charred and you're pretty sure he just burned to death. He's dead? He's dead. So I turn to Aizen and I'm like, you're next. (laughs) And then I I shoot him with my bow. 12 to hit? It doesn't hit, does it? He's got 15 AC, so no, not quite. He's kind of grappling with Karen and grabbing the dragon, and because you're trying to be careful, you aim a little wide. Yeah. Next up is going to be Sneeze. He's going to try to get the wand back from Welby. Flynn, sorry, yeah. Nate, can you yep. please roll me a strength <laughs> a strength check using Welby's stats, and I'm going to use a slider hand check using his stats. I got 14 plus zero, so I got 14. He got a 17. I mean, we got he got a 19, but with the, he's got a negative two strength because he's tiny. <laughs> this is just like this weedy, like half elf with a bad moustache, like trying to grab this wand back, and and even though he's being grappled, Welby's like and like holding onto it with his little hands, like a like a little baby raccoon who's like. Yeah. <laughs> so he fails to take the wand back. Jukru is dead. So Henry's up next. Henry's like looking around. This is just like a halfling woman who's got a crossbow. Is like looking around a little bit and a bit. I don't know what's going on here. She's gonna take a Molotov cocktail out and light it and just like throw it at Idafa. Oh my god! Idafa, can you please make a dexterity saving throw? And Frankie is going to use his reaction to be like, Ida, dodge! And so that you could use his uh, Flash of Genius, which is a plus five. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Do you like his advice? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's a net 20. So you pass, so you're just going to take half damage. And I think you're resistant to fire as well, aren't you? I am. Yeah, so that is six damage, so you can take three fire damage. Oh, sorry, one fire damage, because you brought it right down. Flynn, you're also close enough to this that um, I'm going to have you take one fire damage as well, because you do get caught in the splash of it. Henry's going to bail. Henry's going to head back out, like, past the axes. Am I close to the lever? I suppose if you wanted to, like, make that your thing to run up and, like, flick the lever back on, I could give Henry a dex saving throw to see if they could survive the axes. Flynn, you're up. So, yeah, Flynn wants to dash, like, run to the the lever. Yes, do it! So you're gonna turn the trap, you're gonna turn the trap back on on Henry? Yep. Yeah! Cool, I guess I'll have Henry roll a dexterity saving throw. <laughs> He's ruthless! Uh, I'm going to give them disadvantage considering that they they are running not knowing that the axes are a possibility. <laughs> uh, both rolled pretty well. Uh, I'm going to give them three deck saving throws because there's multiple axes. Second one fails. Third one passes. So they, they do manage to get to the other side. Like you only hit them with like the last axe and they manage to keep running. Flynn's still pretty chuffed. <laughs> Lynn uses his bonus to tell Welby what to do. What are you telling Welby what to do? So I'm like... Oh my friend! And then he's like, "Ooh," thinking about the, about the mishaps during the seven weeks. He's like, "Use that breath thing." The <sighs> so on Welby's turn, he's going to use his Euphoria breath, which means that Eisen's going to make a saving throw. So it has to be a DC eleven Wisdom saving throw. Oh, not great. He got a six on dice. Let's see what his Wisdom is. His Wisdom's plus zero, so he fails. <laughs> 
for the next minute, he's now basically like drunk. He's confused. He can't take reactions and he has to roll a d6 at the start of each of his turns to determine his behavior. And he's he's next. Flynn, you can go ahead and roll a d6 and tell me what you get. Ooh, okay. Ooh, a four. The target takes no action or bonus action and uses all of its movement to move in a random direction. I've got a I've got a directional dice here. So if you get north or northeast, he's gonna run into the axes. Amazing. <laughs> and if he doesn't, he's going to run into Karen's fist. Uh, and I'm gonna go ahead and say that no matter what, he does let go of Welby. He's very confused. He got southwest, so he's not going to he's not gonna run into the axis, he's gonna try and run like southwest, which is kind of towards where where Frankie is. That's very nice that he's going to try, but I'm going to use my reaction to and because I'm a sentinel, he stops. Okay. I mean most people do when you punch them in the dick. <laughs> that's a ten plus eight and eighteen to hit. Yeah, that hits. So that's another six damage on him. And he stops right there. He kind of collapses a bit. And he goes, Ooh. <laughs> You just hear Welby snickering a little bit. <laughs> I chose the wrong people. So yeah, Welby's free and he's still got the wand. Karen, you're up. Yep. Karen keeps punching. As she punches Eisen in the dick, he kind of crouches down. Her first attack is going to go for his head. That's a 17 plus 8 to hit. Six damage. The second attack is an 8 plus 8, a 16 to hit. How do you want to kill him? Yeah! <gasps> <laughs> Punch right through him. Yeah, punch right through him in the solar plexus. No, no, you know what? You know what? She punched him in the throat. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he, like, dies pretty quickly from having his throat crushed. He's dead. The only remaining person left in the room is Sneeze. <laughs> I guess that was the fate of Aizen. Oh! <laughs> Everyone go make sure you listen to Fate of Isaac. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Liz, you nerd. <laughs> Frankie, you're up. The only person left alive in the room is Sneeze. Frankie sees that Sneeze is the only one alive, and he's like, everyone's got this. And he just sort of scuttles back, like, towards where the sleepy, snorry sounds are coming from, but in a stealthy sort of way, because he's like, huh, I'm going to investigate this noise. I've got a feeling I know. You can move your full 30 feet down the tunnel, and you can see that there's, like, a gap with a rope. Like, there's basically, like, you've got to swing on a rope to get over a gap. And then on the other side, there's some kind of, like, open cave space, but you can't see what's in it yet. Yeah, Frankie will do an acrobatics check. Oh, natural 20! Oh, thank God! Yeah, yeah nice. Yes, so you run down the tunnel, you jump and you swing on the rope and you let go on the other side. Perfect gymnast stance. And now you can see what's in the other room. Frankie's like, oh man, no one is here to see this. They'll never believe I did it perfectly. <laughs> you can see the source of the sound. Sitting in a chair, kind of leaned back with his feet up on a desk next to a small pile of blue coins. There's a tabaxi with a furless head lulled back. A sphinx tabaxi in orange monk's robes taking a nap. I seem to remember this tabaxi. We know who that is! You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Ran out on a job. Idafa, you're up next. So Welby has the wand, right? Yep. Am I able to talk to Welby? I mean, you can. Yep, he can understand you. But he can't do it in action on my turn, can he? No, only Flynn can command him, because Flynn's his mommy. Oh. <laughs> in that case, I think I'll just try and shoot Sneeze with a short bow, because... Eh, 15? Yeah, 15 hits. Eight damage. How do you want to kill him? Oh my god. <laughs> throat shot, throat shot. Is he backed up to a wall? Yeah. I'll be like, achoo! And as I do that, I shoot the bow and it goes through his throat and pins him to the wall. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He looks really scared. Good. And like, it, like, it takes him a second to die, and then he like looks you in the eyes, and then he's dead. That's combat over. Open ear. Time for a little break, and I hope you're having a great day. A little more info on next month's live show. I'm pleased to announce that it will be called Frankie's Big Date, and we'll be having a wonderful guest PC from one of the big New Zealand D&D shows. Tune into our Twitch channel 
on Sunday, February 19th to have a little Valentine's Day adventure with us. A big round of applause, the kind that teachers do at school where they clap in a big circle, to our JBPC patrons. James Courtright, Sam Sarah at Gamers ADHD. Fun facts with waffles. Did you know that the kiwi lays the largest egg in ratio to its body of any bird? Claire McDonald, Jules Bergesser, Violet, Shobna Lee, Alex Moore, Lyndon Hood, Jesse Wesson, Disturbed One NZ, and Andrew Evans. Thank you all for your support. We're really looking forward to a huge 2023 together for the show. If you would like to become a supporter of the terrible adventures of the Janison Breffitt's Parchment Company, go check out patreon.com slash jbpcpodcast. There are multiple tiers with lots of different rewards that you can unlock, and we post patron-only exclusive content there from time to time. Music credits, thanks to Audio Hertz for World War Outer Space. Kevin McLeod for Firebrand and Covert Affairs, Cooper Cannell for Jungle Intrigue and The Path Starts Here, Jeremy Blake for Mia, and South London Hi-Fi for Enchanted Forest Dub. As always, our social media pages are facebook.com slash Podcast and at jbpcpodcast on Twitter. And keep an eye on the Kiwi RPG hashtag for all sorts of things that Kiwi creators like us are doing with their projects. Okay, I think that's it. Next episode, Domain of the Ordinary Part 3, will be out on February 5th. Until then, that's all from me. Back to the show. Frankie, you're in the back room. You recognize the person who's back there who's snoring so loudly that you can hear him from the, where you guys were fighting. Frankie whispers under his breath, but probably not very quiet. He's like, Skin? <laughs> <laughs> They twitch and they're kind of leaning back in their chair and they fall back. Being a cat, they like manage to like roll out of it up on his feet. And he's got his martial arts stance with his claws out. And then he's like, oh, hey, Frankie, what's up? What's going on, man? (laughs) Boy, is it great to see you. What have you been? I've been all right. Ido runs into this room because he's like, oh my God, where's Frankie? So you have to roll an acrobatic sheet to get over the rope swing as well. Oh, okay. And my acrobatics is not that good. Yeah, so you like run over and you grab the rope and you don't quite manage to make it over and you actually fall down. You're going to take 2d10 fall damage. Oh, me with falling? (laughs) Yeah, there's going to be 7 fall damage as you just fall, you know, like maybe 15 feet just to the little rocky... Yeah, it's not not pleasant. I'm an idiot. Like, And so Frankie, you and Frisk can hear a crash from the other room and he's like, oh, you know, just the same old stuff, really. I'm just like... Hanging out, just stealing a lecture from after spec, you know, usual stuff. What was that? That sounded like Idafer. Uh, yeah, I think that was Idafer. He's not good at <laughs> stuff. I, I crawl up out of the hole, and I'm just like, <laughs> you. Hey, what's going on, boss? It's good to see you. Like, technically it's good to see you too, Friskin, but also, did you, are you the leader of these bastards? Who? Guys just came in. They seemed familiar with this whole operation. Oh no, this is just where I store all the stuff that I don't need. I just here for Electrum. Oh. I don't have any guys, but people turn up here once in a while trying to hunt me and I just like kill them and stuff. It's fine. Oh, I'm glad that we are friends, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, we're, we're friends. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Cool. Yeah, yeah, well, well, now we know it's you, you know, it's fine, but these bandits double-crossed us, they're like, hey, there's this beast with a bounty on your head, we're like, okay. <laughs> that bounty is so low compared to how good I am. Yeah, so, are, do you guys need a hand? I can, I can kill them for you if you want. I, I think they're all dead now. People's been punching them in the throats and in the dicks and... They're pretty well punched, I'll be honest. One of them ran away. One of them ran away? Karen comes, like, rushing down the corridor and she's like, stop! Messing around down here. Oh, hey, Garen. <laughs> Did you say one of them ran away? Because I can go catch them. I'm way faster. What? Some of them ran away. We turned on the axes again, though, so be careful with that. Eh, it's fine. I'm faster than that. I'll tell you what. I'll go I'll go kill that guy. You guys stay here and help yourself. Don't steal my Electrum, because I will have to kill you. Help yourself to any of the stuff from the front room. I'll go kill that guy, and I'll come back. And then there's, like, a whoosh of air, and he's just gone. Oh my god. Hey, yeah, so definitely cool. wants to loot the room. Yeah, from- yeah, definitely looking through that loot. And the people. It doesn't take a lot for you to change your perception of people, does it, Idafer? What do you mean? I've always liked Friskin. Just last week, when you were clearing up Welby's mess, you were like, oh, 
that tabaxi that came and was here for like two weeks and then <laughs> refused to be a janitor. I hate him. I wish he was still here so I wouldn't have to do this job. Karen, <laughs> do you need to stop putting words in my mouth? No, I, I do recall you saying that. You and you were complaining <laughs> about having to do the work. I never said that. I like Frisky. <laughs> I mean, um, he, he is a tax. <laughs> so just checking, are you guys going to go through the, like, the first room of loot? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Are you going to try and steal Friskim's pile of Electrum? No. no. <laughs> just wanted to be clear. <laughs> then we've got some rolling to do. Can I please have Puffy, Liz, and Nate roll me D100s, please? And Steph, can you please roll me 2D10? Karen, that is a 92. Wow, nice. I also got a 92. Really? What? Oh, shit. What the hell? Yeah, no, seriously. What is the chance? Well, I don't got a 63, so. Add those together. 92 plus 92 is 184. And then plus 63? Yeah. Would be 247. That's how much gold you find. Yay! Let's divide that by four. Yep, so you can do that. Steph, what'd you get for, for 2d10? I got a 9 and an 8, so 17. Yeah, so you find 17 days worth of rations. Ah, oh, sick. Nate, go ahead and roll me a d6. A 5. You find 5 sets of tools, and let's find out what they are. Ooh, Ooh, tools. Each of you can roll me a d20. I've got a list of sets of tools here. Karen rolled a 9. Oh, so did I do. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. So there's 2 sets of jeweler's tools. Ooh! Frankie rolled a 3. That's calligrapher's supplies. Oh, he's going to be write some fucking cute-ass letters. <laughs> <laughs> um, Flynn got a 14. Flynn, you find some smith's tools. Oh. I'm going to roll the next one. Um, you find one longbow, uh, two hand axes, three daggers, and a wand of lightning bolt. Is it the one that Welby's holding? Yes, yes. All right, give me those hand axes. I will take one of those daggers. Can I have the lightning bolt? I was gonna say Frankie wants the lightning bolt. Wanna roll for it? Okay, we could roll. Do we do a like a just roll a D20 in the highest one? Yeah, do that. Okay, 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 ready, ready. Oh. A five? Uh-huh. It's a twelve. Oh. oh Maybe we're gonna have joint custody. Yeah, we we could do joint custody until I move away to college. Um I'm gonna roll. I'm going to roll a D1000 to see how much jewelry you find. I'm going to do this on camera. So you find uh, you find 240 gold worth of jewelry. So it can be, you know, just like rings and necklaces and stuff. Steph, I'm watching. And one uh, one of you roll 1D4. This is how many sets of noble clothes you find. Me. <laughs> four. Yeah, so you find four sets of noble clothing. We each get one then, right? Yeah, absolutely. One set of noble clothing. Wow, they fit perfectly. I'm going to hold up a really nice necklace that looks sort of similar to my amulet, and I'll pull my amulet out and I'll be like, see, look, you're just like this now, useless. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna put it back in. <laughs> there's no, like, clearly, there's no clear response, but we, as, you know, listeners to the show, just got a little bit sad about that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And I would just be like to Ido, it's because they're scared. If you even understood what like what they had to go through, you would understand. You'd, you'd be scared too. Yeah, but I don't understand, so I'm just angry. Okay, boys. Okay. <laughs> this is a little bit of a, a silly one. Because dwarves have double proficiency bonus to history checks concerning stonework, would you consider jewelry to be stonework? Yeah, maybe. I want to go through the jewellery and see if it is anything that I might recognise. I'll tell you right now, nothing big or significant. Just like, you know, random, random, you know, bits of necklaces and jewellery and stuff. Nothing. Okay, cool. So we, we should be we should be safe to wear these without someone being like, that's great grandmother's sapphire ring. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd probably be alright. Like, if I'm, if I'm feeling particularly vindictive, then yeah, I might do that. But like... Nothing here would be, like, a named piece of jewellery. It's all just, like, you know, random crap. Is there, like, a friendship bracelet? Like, one heart, like, it's like a heart and one says best, the other one says friends? Definitely. Frankie would like to give one of those to Ida. Ida is, like, 
just got friend zoned. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like super happy, but he's also like, oh, friends. I'm going to say that they're ankle bracelets. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> Brody! Oh, oh. <laughs> Hello, the 90s. It's like, so you guys, you know, search through everything, split stuff up, and then there's like a small gust of wind, and then Friskin's back, and he's like, hey, so I'm all done. That, that lady's super dead. Nicely done, Friskin. Yeah, it's fine. You know, people don't really, you know, you stab them a bunch of times with your fingers, and then after that, they sort of just bleed out. It's great. Oh. So what are you guys doing? We were just wondering, is there a way through this area up to Tarago Nook? Because that's where we're really headed. Hmm. I mean, I haven't been up there for a super long time, but if you went, you know, to Titan Slumber and just through the other side and then you just climb the mountain, you know, you guys are pretty capable. I'm sure it'll be fine. Oh, okay. So you can't. Okay. Easy. All right. Do you want to come with us? I would, but, you know, Titan Slumber got super commercial lately and it's kind of lame now. Well, uh, thanks for your help, Friskin. I would, I mean, personally, I would suggest lying low for a little while because <laughs> bandits are starting to use your hide out as a trap <laughs> so maybe 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 stick to bandits for a little while because otherwise otherwise they, they might try and steal your shtick you know what i mean look i'm only here for the electrum i don't care about the rest of it i just sort of grab everything go through find the electrum i'm just here for most respect i don't have like a mission right now so i'm just sort of doing whatever i feel like oh so master master spec is not in contact with you at the moment uh, not right now. He could message me whenever he feels like he knows how to do sending. So I just sort of like, sure. you know, goof around and make myself useful. Do you know where he is at the moment? We haven't seen him in quite a while. Not particularly. He's traveling around. He's always like kind of working on his plans and stuff. Spends a bit of time in Ymir City. I don't know where he is right now. He'll let me know when he wants me to know. Oh, okay. It was nice to see you again, Friskin. We might have to pop by again at some point. Hey, Poet tells me that uh, he had a drink with you recently. How are you doing? Ah. Oh. Good, good. I'm definitely doing good. Cool. Poet seems to be doing well too. He's always doing great. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's a he's a lovely guy. Anyway, I'm going back to sleep. You guys have fun have fun talking to hippies and I'll see you later. Bye, Friskin. Have a lovely cat nap. You leave Friskin behind in his cave, you know, up to his usual mischief. And we're gonna jump forward in time a little bit. Party's back on the road the next morning. You know, you went back to the inn, slept in, had breakfast, jumped back in your car, moved on. No one asked you. We were questioned about those guys that were there, but now they're not. <laughs> no one asked you about those guys. You came back without them, and everyone, I guess, just sort of assumed that the beast, you know, got some of you and not the rest. So you guys travel on the road for a bit. So yeah, you're traveling on the road a bit, heading towards the eastern mountains before you kind of crest a hill, and the settlement of Titan Slumber comes into view. The entire place is surrounded on almost every side by a rock formation that does kind of look like the head and arms of a giant kind of like sleeping on its front. Within the arms, there's, you know, hundreds of people in a settlement spread out over a flat, gentle desert area. From your elevated position, you can make out tents, stalls, and a big stage with people thronging in front of it. And at the very center is this like 40, 50 foot tall burning effigy of a man. Yo, we're a burning man. <laughs> Let's all get munted. When you lay eyes on the settlement, you get that like small pulse of like fear and dread coming from your amulets. And you're like, yeah, this is the place that you're there afraid of. This is your next stop. I pull out my, I'm doing a lot of talking to my amulet at the moment. I'm like, look, I'm, I'm really sorry about what I said before. I was just frustrated because, well, you didn't work when I needed you to work. Now, I know that you're scared of this place, but... We, we need to tighten our resolve and we will be absolutely fine because we are very strong and powerful and come on, you've seen us all do very well in battle, so you'll be fine, okay? Roll me a performance check, Idafer. That is a 12. You certainly feel more confident having heard your own speech. <laughs> but your amulets don't really communicate in the, like, they don't, like, they can't talk. They sort of, like, projected an emotion into you and rather than be like, hey, let's not go here, they, like, showed you something that made you feel afraid. 
but they can't speak, so you have no way of knowing whether or not. Like, like you certainly feel better. <laughs> and that's what matters. That is what matters. So, you know, a little, little while later, you park up your cart. There's like a space where you, where you know people just sort of parking, walking on foot. And you enter the town. It's more of a makeshift festival than a town, really. There's a lot of people with untraditional clothing or painted bodies. sitting, Yeah, sitting around, smoking pipes, laughing, playing games. Very few people are doing like anything resembling work, aside from, you know, people that are selling stuff inside of stalls. There are some Ymir guards here, but they're only stationed oh. around the around the very edges, and they don't seem that interested in like getting involved. You walk in, and like you know, every side there's like people you know selling t-shirts and you know jewelry and handmade you know beads and things. <laughs> All kinds of things. It's like a big rave party. Yeah, it's like during the day at the moment, but like you get the feeling that this is kind of what it's always like, whether it's daytime or nighttime or anything. Like it's. It's, yeah, you're right, Poppy. It's just Burning Man. It's just a big, like... Is there, like, an entrance behind the stage? So you get towards the stage, and, like, as you're heading up there, there's, like, a big throng of people. There's stairs on both sides. And actually, like, behind the stage, the way that it's set up is if you're looking at the stage, you're looking, like, up at the people, and then behind them is the effigy. Um, so it's quite, a, it's quite a cool, like, sort of system. And what you see as you're walking towards it takes you a little while to get there. Is there's an MC up on the stage. He's a little, he's a little gnome man in a black suit, and he's like, you know, announcing the acts. And you know, as you as you get closer, you can see people playing music. The next people that are up on the stage are fire dancers. There's a third person who the MC is like, he's gonna show us his godly handshakes. <laughs> and what you pick up from this is it's not like performers as much as like anyone can sort of get up there and kind of announce what their talent is okay and then just kind of do it just definitely set up by a gnome <sighs> karen's kind of looking around with her hands on her hips that's a bit racist karen no they love this quite gnomes gnomes yeah gnomes what all gnomes are like this what you think you think <laughs> our boss is a gnome, Karen? Yes, you think Janderson Breffords Jr. wouldn't have the time of his life out here, honestly. No, you're right. He would love it. He'd have so many babies. He'd love it. Love it. Oh, souvenirs. Oh, oh yes. Oh my God. Souvenirs. Yes. Holy shit. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's split up and get some merch for the boss. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, what are you gonna? Also, something for Murphy and my sisters. <laughs> I was wondering, are there any, um, probably very rare, but I want to get a really cute collar for my cat. A cat collar? I mean, okay, so you can find, you find, like, kinky people collars, and I'm sure you could just shorten it. Like, you could just make it smaller for your cat if you wanted to. And I feel like Otto wouldn't realize, but, oh, this is such a cute collar. Can I just grab this, please? And they're like, you're, you're a bit you're a bit young for this, aren't you? And he's like, it's for my cat. And they're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean I'm too young for? It's for my cat, obviously. This is this is really big for a cat, but I'm sure I can shorten it. And they're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want the sale. <laughs> Frankie wants to find something like cheesy, like, ha, I got my shirt stolen at... I, I got my I got my shirt stolen at Tyson's Slumber and all I got was the stupid shirt. You know, I don't know, something like silly for like Murphy. <laughs> yeah, you find a shirt with like a funny slogan. It says I tried to have my talents recognized at Titan Slumber and all I got was this lousy lousy t shirt. <laughs> Lynn wants to look for some handmade, like comfy felt or woolen slippers. Yeah, absolutely. There'd be like tons of that kind of stuff out here. Um, you could buy like a really nice pair of like comfy slippers for like one gold easily. Hell yeah. Karen, what are you getting for Janison? Karen is going to get him a. I'm assuming they sell clothing here, like not just not just like t-shirts, but like clothing, clothing. And in the spirit of hippie hippie couture, I would like to buy him a obscenely coloured linen suit. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> and you find one that's like, you know, gnome-sized, and you know, their fashion's pretty out there already, but like, you find one that's extreme, even for a gnome. <laughs> oh, oh my god! It's like a juicy, it's like a juicy couture, um, sweat, sweatshirt, but it has Titan slumber across the ass. 
<laughs> you you go shopping and you can see kind of what people's reputations like people's opinions about this place like it's definitely full of hippies and like what friskin said like it's gotten really commercial lately like there's a lot of people here who are like a trying to like use the stage to get famous um or or be just like selling you know crappy merch that like you know is not worth what they're selling it for like the t-shirt yeah but because it's here it's got like a little bit more like oomph to it and after you know an hour or so of walking around and kind of enjoying the sort of like sights and smells and sounds of titan slumber you get back together near the stage and you're kind of just like hanging out watching and like there's all kinds of people up here there's there's people who are like traditionally entertaining like people who are storytelling you know there's a guy with a puppet show but there's also people that are like hey i have like i can grow the best beard and then he stands there for five minutes while everyone like you know just still kind of supports him like while he's like watch my watch my beard grow there's like all kinds of stuff like and karen's like wait a minute <laughs> literally anyone can get up on the stage and claim what they think they do best and you know submit that for the audience and you're kind of standing around and you start to hear like a high-pitched sort of sound and it takes you a minute to realize it's actually coming from your ambulance oh Oh. it's like it's like a chime and then you hear uh you hear three bongs you hear like bong bong and like everyone is looking around like this isn't just this isn't just you guys who are freaked out by this like everyone in the crowd's like what the, what the hell was that like what is going on and you turn around and nick like just be near you there's like this person but they're not like they look really weird like they've like covered in tumors and like super misshapen they've got like pointed elf ears and like they look really off-putting, like, like they've like been affected by radiation or something. And it looks up at you, and he's like, "I'm the judge, man. Thank you so much for returning the prizes to the slumber." Uh, no, no, no. What prizes? No. Who are you? You're the judge. What's your name? I'm the judge. I get to decide who wins at the slumber. I always have. And then he speaks, he produces a scroll, and he speaks a few words of Celestial. Does anyone here speak Celestial? Absolutely oh. not. Idafa, you have the ring, uh, earring of understanding, don't you? I do. Yeah, So, it, and it would activate automatically. Oh, okay. He, he reads off the scroll, and Idafa, the words that you hear are, the word of ascension states that if you are not chosen, you must return to the grotto. And there's like a that that like ringing noise that you can hear becomes louder and like syncs up with that ringing you still have in your ears that came from those chimes. And then there's like a flash of light, and suddenly all of your amulets are gone. Oh my gosh! What have we done, guys? And the 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 tumor guy looks up at you and he says in common, "The seeds have gone to the grotto." Here in the slumber, their true masters will prove themselves and rightfully earn them. Ugh. Thank you for your sacrifice. gone off to play at the slumber i wonder if they will find it challenging eh. friskin says thank you for listening to the show and don't trust the deal that seems too good to be true also listen to the fate of Eisen podcast yeah he died in this episode but it wasn't like symbolic of anything goodbye